Welcome to The Money Show this evening. Let's have a look at, I don't know, I don't like talking politics at the best of times, but unfortunately it's so integral to our shared future that we've got to get a better feel for the political landscape in which we live. Peter Dutoy has got a very firm finger on that pulse. He is assistant editor at News 24. I want to talk a bit about Jacob Zuma and his attempt to make a comeback, which is part tragic, part comic and part terrifying, uh, Peter. But first, I suppose the, the biggest effect on everybody and everything this year has not only been 283 days of load shedding, but the very near total collapse of Transnet and hopefully its resurrection. Good evening, Bruce. Uh, and, I, and I share your 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 uh, your frustration with our politics yes i mean i think the poor governance is is now catching up to us and i think if i look back over the last year if we all look back over the last year it, it almost feels like um mismanagement in in all our almost all our soes certainly key soes like transit and and, and escom um this year everything almost came to a head it almost feels like everything started to collapse at the same time obviously it is and we all know uh, why it has happened? It's because of poor political choices, poor poor management, uh, uh, rampant dysfunction, corruption, uh, criminality in those SOEs. And if, if you look at what happened at, at Portnet over the last couple of months, uh, Transnet, you mentioned that our logistics uh, uh, network has almost completely collapsed, which 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 led to pri- the private sector um, starting to interfe- intervene in the process with the presidency. Three work streams were established, so. So it was a year in which business started moving closer to the political class, uh, most importantly the presidency, to try and see if they can sort that out. But I think the, the collapse of Transnet, our logistics environment, Portnet and, uh, and ESCOM, um, remains the biggest story of the year. And I wonder if the biggest story of the year in 2024 is likely to be the attempt by Parliament and the National Council of Provinces to push through a deeply flawed proposal on yes. NHI, currently sitting on the president's desk. The president who needs the private sector's collaboration and cooperation to keep him and his party in a job um, uh, is now looking down the barrel of a political gun over here to be you know, everyone saying to him, you know, get signing, dude. Uh, we want to get NHI in place. And he knows probably, I mean, I hope he knows that it's a terrible idea in its current form. And I wonder if he's going to have the political guts to stare down his colleagues in the party to say no. Well, Bruce, if, I think if, if, if history is anything to go by, we are moving towards an election back somewhere in May or June. We will see, in, you know, more and increasingly we'll see these types of populist um, moves by the governing party in Parliament, uh, by the national executive, by the president, supporting something like NHI. There's no way that he'll go uh, against NHI in public. Obviously, um, the way in which the ANC voted firstly in the National Assembly and then later on uh, in the National Council of Provinces to force through that piece of very much very flawed le- legislation, like you said. You know, uh, it, it's an election year. It's, we're six months out from the election. They're going to do stuff like this. My, my guess would be... Um, as in 2019, if you cast your mind back, uh, when the big issue was was expropriation uh, of land uh, without compensation, um, you know, when, when we're close to an election, we see this type of thing happening. It's obviously bad for the economy. It's 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 bad for society. It's going to be bad for for healthcare nationally. Um, but they need this to take it to the electorate to tell the electorate, look, this is what we're doing. We're trying to get um, our voters, our supporters 
universal health care. Of course, we agree. Everyone in their right mind agrees that, you know, the health care system needs to be more equitable. Um, it needs to be spread more just uh, uh, in, 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 in a just manner so that everyone can have access to proper health care. But this is clearly not the way to do it. And, and government, like they haven't been able to do with Transnet or ESCOM or any other um, area of, of governance that you'd like to mention, have not yet gotten it right. Uh, exactly the same with healthcare and education for that matter. So expect more of this. In Gauteng, we've seen the Premier Panyaza Lesufi launch his own police force, Gauteng police force, you know, the Ama Panyaza, they call them. So, so it's, it's populist politics, Bruce. Uh, let's see where it ends up next year, but expect more of this type of thing. Yeah, more crazy. Uh, I fully anticipate it. Is there craziness in the idea that uh, co- opposition forces could coalesce uh, to truly uh, unseat the ANC and get to a point where they get enough support amongst themselves to form a government. I think that's highly unlikely. And I wonder whether or not anybody within that alliance truly believes it will survive the first hiccup of any sort of election victory that may come their way. Yeah, look, Bruce, I think, I think the, the multi-party um, uh, charter that was formed earlier this year after an idea that was born by uh, born out or well, that was that was that was born uh, in, in, in uh, you know John has brought the idea forward. It's it's the first big realignment of politics that we've seen in a good couple of years. Um, so I think it's a it's a laudable and a valiant effort. The fact of the matter though is that the numbers don't work out at the moment. Um, to force the ANC under fifty, I think that that's a possibility. The ANC at the moment um, they secured fifty seven percent at the ballot box in twenty nineteen. If you look at the, traje- the trajectory that they followed over the last. Uh, four or five elections, election cycles, it is most definitely downward. So it, 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 there's a more, better than even chance that they might end up on 50 plus one or 50 minus one. You know, that's still up in the air. The problem, though, is their natural coalition partner for the ANC is the EFF. Um, the EFF ended up at 10% last time around. There's a good chance that they might increase their support. I don't think they're a 15 to 20% party, but, but they might be a 12, 13, 14% party. And they'll be the natural partner for the ANC if they go and they need 49. That means uh, an ANC-EFF coalition immediately um, pushes, pushes their number uh, to, 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 to north of 60%, which tells us that politics over the last 50 years, which is quite a depressing thought, hasn't really changed that much. So parties, <laughs> parties outside of ANC-EFF you know, still only score around 34 or 35%. Um, which is quite a depressing thought, but at least we're starting to see the first sign of, of a form of a coalition. Absolutely. Now, as we look at Jacob Zuma, as he keeps sort of trying to remain relevant, does he go into 2024 as a political force or as a political farce? What's your take on it? A, a, a political farce, I think, I think, Bruce. Look, he's still going to be a factor in Kozulu Natal. Um, the, the ANC in, in KZN have distanced themselves from Jacob Zuma in, in, in the last couple of days. Um, after they wanted him to spearhead the party's election campaign in the province. So, so if you look at KZN, it's a, it's a, it's a strong tribalistic province. You know, it's a, it's the, 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 the ethnic uh, vote remains very strong there. But Jacob Zuma has, I think, um, over the last year or so, um, has not endeared him to the party. And the fact that the ANC and KZN have now distanced themselves from him um, means that he's probably dead in the water. But it does muddy the waters for the ANC. It does lead to internal contestation and internal uh, uh, conflict, which, which the party has been driven by over the last five to ten years. Um, but I don't think it's going to be that, of, that much of a factor next year.
Does it play to opposition parties' advantage, or are they just so incapable of taking advantage of every time the ANC shoots itself in the foot, or a member of the ANC um, takes both barrels to both feet, um, that they're not going to be able to capitalise on this very clear dislocation within what used to be the most powerful single political force in the country? I think I think you know what what the opposition, the, the, the ANC, um, they're on an inexorable path. Um, to, to their end. I mean, that's the, it's, it's a question of when. The trajectory in every single election, municipal, national, over the last couple of election cycles, have shown that the ANC is a party in steep and significant decline. Um, they, they, you know, we've spoken about Transnet, uh, ESCOM, uh, so many other issues we can talk about where, which, which, which bears out the fact that they, they are dysfunctional in, 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 in government. And, and I think they, they've, they've lost the, the authority to govern. And I think change is absolutely necessary next year. If the opposition can, can take a coherent message to the elected to tell them this is how we're going to get you out of this mess, you know, then they've got a good chance. Um, the ANC will always be racked by divisions and internal conflicts and factions and people wanting to knife from a pause or wanting to push Mashapile forward or wanting to push that faction forward. That's a given, as is ANC uh, misrule at the moment. Um, it's about the message that the opposition should and can take to, to the electors, and that should be a message of this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to make your life better. Um, vote for us rather than the other guys. Yeah, it's so fascinating. Peter Dutoy, thank you. Peter is assistant editor at News24. A wrap of the most uh, significant issues of the year from a political perspective and the mess that is to come in 2024. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy, but certainly it's going to keep us occupied.